Hello and welcome to another edition of the America Television Podcast. It's me, Cozzy. I am back from my trip to Liverpool to go and watch the Reds play. Uh, and with me today, I've got Jamie. How are you, fella? 100%, mate. Loving life. Nice. I'm just sitting here jet-lagged like a mother. <laughs> what day it is. No time. Um, but it was a good trip. Good trip. Um Nice to see the Reds win, you know what I mean? Yeah, you brought back three points. Did you bring back any other goodies? Mate, you know what? <laughs> so the worst part is, like, right, the wife, that was her second ever game to watch the Reds. And, Class. Uh, the first game was Plymouth at home and we drew 0-0. Oh, uh. it was dire. It was the middle of January, fella, right? I would have walked out on the 60th minute if I went for it. And it... <laughs> We had no shots on Saga. It was fucking dire. Um, so, no, mate, it was all good. Great trip. Got very lucky. We got the premium hospitality tickets. So, we had, like, a four-course meal and um, a free bar. We were sitting in the new main stand in, like, the leather seats. Uh, yeah, man, Ian Callaghan was walking around. with Alan Kennedy and things like that, man. Really good. Really Class. good trip. You know what I mean? It was all good. But the reason why I've got you here, Jay. This is a bit of an impromptu one, guys. That's how I want to gab about the footy, really. That's how it works. Uh, kind of off the cuff, have a little chat. I think we're now at 11 games into the season, Jay. I think it's the perfect time to kind of evaluate where everyone's at. Um, the season started to settle down. The teams started to settle down, kind of where everyone's kind of going to play. So, we'll have a little look. Anyway, we'll start at the bottom, fella, right? And work our way up. We're not going to really talk about the Reds. We already know how good the Reds are. I tell you this all the time, every podcast I'm on with the fucking greatest team in the world, just get on with it, right? <laughs> but, mate, I want to have a little go about the bottom three, because that's the ones that are really interesting at the moment. We've got Watford, they're bottom of the league, mate, on five points. They haven't won a game all season. Um, Norwich, they are on seven points, and Southampton are on eight points. And I tell you what, mate, if that didn't change all season, it would not surprise me. Well, you know who's just above the top three, don't you? Oh, we'll get to them. <laughs> they're, having their, they're having their own segment in my head. <laughs> uh, you're, you're probably right. I mean, the steam that uh, that Pookie gathered up at the start of the season seems to have, have long gone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I still have him in my fantasy league team. So do I. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, I think it's just um, hoping that he, he nabs a wee goal here or somewhere, but... Um, no, you're probably right. Watford got beat against Chelsea there at the weekend, and I, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's tough times for the for the teams at the bottom. Of course, Southampton got hammered nine nil, and mm-hmm. and then then kind of came back at, at City. You know, it, it, so I don't know. I I look at it, mate. Right? I I the Norwich thing. They've got bad injuries, horrific. Like eleven players are out, uh, or ten or eleven. And they're all, they're like, eight of them, eight or seven of them will be starters. So even if you've done that to Liverpool or any team in the world, they will suffer. Uh, so I kind of feel for Norwich. The interesting ones are, are Watford and Southampton, really. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I don't know when they score. I just don't get how they score goals. So I, I always say this about sides, and people might have heard me say this before. If you've got a 20-goal season striker in any team, you're never going to get relegated. Never. And yeah, you you'll Watford, hit that 40 point mark eventually. Yeah. So, Watford, I played 11 games this season and scored six. Six. <laughs> this, and one of them was a penalty on the weekend. Uh, two of them was against Arsenal when they came back to, to, to draw 2 2. Um, okay, Dini's been in another squad, mate. I, I tell you what, mate, if I was Decore or Kapue, you've got to be looking at January thinking, fuck me, I'm out of here soon. Yeah, I mean, that's it now. January's rolling around the corner and and teams like that, will, they'll be um, they'll be dead in the water if, if they lose one or two players. And, you know, Southampton, I don't know, it's it's a difficult time for, uh, for old Danny Ings. <laughs> He's getting a few yeah. games now and, you know, I don't know, January, January's going to gonna be interesting for, for these lower lower league teams. Yeah, I think for Southampton, I, um, I I have more faith in them than Watford. And the reason being is that I quite like the manager, actually. I think he just had one of them days at left where he just gave up. And 
that can happen in football. Um, Spurs gave up against Bayern Munich, for example. They just fucking packed the packed tools, and you know that can happen. And we know, you know, how good Leicester are. So, but the reason why I say Southampton have got probably a lot more of a better chance of staying up um, is that they do have goals. Like Danny Ings can probably get you ten, get you twelve. If you get to five winners, do you know what I mean? There's fifteen points. Uh, James Ward-Prowse is a good player. I really like James Ward-Prowse. He's um, a great player, yeah. Nathan Redmond, uh, Ryan Bertrand. I think if if they go down, I'd love Liverpool to go in for Ryan Bertrand as a backup left back. Um, I think he'd be a great substitute for, option for uh, Robbo. Him if they do go down. I like Vestergaard as the centre half. He looks like something off Game of Thrones, but you know what? Does <laughs> a job, Jay. Does a job. Yeah. Um, so they've got a few tidy plays in there. I love Hoiberg as well, the centre mid from Bayern Munich. I think he's only 24. He'll probably get a big squad. But do you see anyone out of those guys staying up, or can you see anyone kind of trying to get maybe sucked in? Um, we'll get onto the Evan in a minute. But we've got Villa, uh, three points above the relegation zone. Then on 11, you got Newcastle on 12, and you got Burnley on 12. Do you see any of those kind of sneaking in there? Early doors, uh, before a ball was kicked in the season, I, I, I could have swore I said uh, Norwich to stay up, but um, by the by the state of them now, you know, it, obviously it's eleven games in, but uh, it's um, they they look like they've lost all all their momentum, um, and and you're probably right about teams like Southampton, like they've got decent squad members. I remember. Uh, building up to the our Southampton game, mm-hmm. we um, we highlighted a few of their players, and Hoiberg was one of them, and and a few others as well. But uh, you know, we will get on to Everton. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the Blue Noses are are looking shambolic since the start of the season, and uh, mm-hmm. it's um, it's it's going to be all too easy for a team to slip into that bottom three. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that's probably the three. I think with Southampton, I think if you knock on the door so many times, eventually it opens. Um, I always said, I said that about Villa before Villa went down. They had about three seasons where they were finishing fifteenth and fourteenth and sixteenth, and I kept saying to myself, if you keep knocking on the door, one day someone's gonna open it for you, and that day they come. And I'm probably going to say the same about Southampton, to be honest. But we can move on to the toppies anyway. We all, my favourite part of any conversation is Everton. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, they make me laugh. But Especially these days. <laughs> we sh- and, you know, we can, we'll have a little touch on, you know, the injury to Andre Gomez, mate. Uh, it's horrific. It, it's, it's horrific. It's, but, it uh, is. Uh, you, it, you hate and, to see it. Yeah, mate. Listen, you know, we can... I can say all the jokes we can. We can put all the banter to one side and the fun. It's not good. And uh, and I do really do feel sorry for him. I think everyone does. But and I think I, I but mate, I'll tell you what, mate, that's not a sending off, is it? No, not at all. And if it doesn't get rescinded, look, the the refs in general need a need a, a solid looking at. Um not just with VAR and all the rest of it, but they need a, a governing body because the level of inconsistencies year on year is just, it's becoming a bit of a joke. Uh, this is the certainly the biggest footballing league in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is the ultimate, you know. So if if they can't get it right in, in you know, Spain and Italy and, and Germany and whatnot, you know, they, they need to be getting it right in, in England. Like, it, it's becoming a joke. But no, I, I dare say it, it has to be rescinded because... And, you know, Son wasn't even, um, di- well, I mean, he was directly involved, but it wasn't through his fault. No. But, uh, you know, it, it reminds me, when I was young, I used to play uh, Irish football, Gaelic football. Yeah, um, yeah. And my team captain had a compound fracture one day. And so some one of our own teammates fell over, and our team captain just kind of ran over him, almost tried to jump over him. And just got caught in a really unlucky fashion, and the the tibia popped right out of his his skin. <laughs> and I'll never ever in my life forget the noise of that grown man just 
it, it, it stays with me. It's something you'll, you'll never forget. But yeah. uh, you take one look at Son's reaction. And uh, was it Aurier as well? You know, Aurier was in the tackle, yeah. And you see Mora as well on the, his reaction as well, Mora. It's horrible. Was... It's horrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. You, you hate to see something like that. Because um, there was no malice in it. There was no, there was no intent there to injure someone. So it really was horrible. I think he was just listening. He's intended to bring them down. Um, it, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Hamza Chowdhury one earlier this season on Salah. Where yeah, kind of. He, he's trying to take the yellow card. And lucky enough, Salah never got seriously injured. But he's trying to take the yellow card. He knows what he's doing. He's not he's going to commit the foul. He wants the yellow card, which is fine to stop you know, the counter-attack and things. I get it. But, listen, it's just unlucky. Um, you know... He's probably going to be out for the best part of the year. He's probably one of their most best, their, one of their best players. Um, which is the reason why I kind of want to speak about them because putting that to one side, and I don't want you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but the performance yesterday, mate, again, was so poor. And they needed a 97th minute equaliser from Cheng Tosin, who I don't see starting every week for Everton, trying to get them 25 goals. Again, they haven't got any goals in that team, mate. Yeah, they're, um, you know, the players like Richarlison uh, has just gone missing this year. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was, well, he was on fire last year, you know, he, he, the one Brazilian they've got, you know, and um, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it could be, could be a few moves for them in January, you never know, but uh, they need to pick their act up soon. I'll tell you what, man, guys, I want to, I'm going to tell you this. I think about Everton a lot, right, a lot, and I look at the team, now, that team on paper may should be challenging for the top six, easy, I'm going to tell you Everton's next two fixtures, okay, they've got Southampton away, and then Norwich at home, Jesus, they, that, it's not too early in the season to say they're both six pointers already, absolutely, and I tell you what, if, <laughs> if they don't get a result, or even a draw, that's that's bad news. Yep. I, it's it's horrific. Now, after that meet, I'm going to tell you there on the fixtures. Okay, Jay? Okay. Um, Leicester away. Liverpool. <laughs> okay. Away. Ch- Chelsea at home. United away. Then you have to play Leicester at home in the League Cup. Then you got to go to Arsenal. Then you play Burnley. Then you got to go to Newcastle. Then you got to go to City. If they don't take six points off the next two games, just Southampton away and Norwich at home, I don't say we'd pick up any points over Christmas. No, you could count. You could count the points that you're going to get from those on one hand. Correct. <laughs> that's, and that's uh, double. Yeah, you know. That's uh, and we think we have a tough fixture list. <laughs> but but the, again, no mates. That's what I can, I keep trying to remind. Blues about and I keep trying to mind fans about. They've lost this season to shit. The the, the sides where you're like, they have to beat them. So for yeah. example, when I seen their start, I was like, they could be on 25 points here after 10. 24 points if they get that together, they could win eight games. That's what I was thinking in my head. Seven games. I was that. I was that's what I was thinking in my head. They could win that many kind of games, and they've lost to Bournemouth. They've lost to Sheffield United at home. Um, they lost to Villa. They drew with Palace, which doesn't really look like a good result right now because Palace are quite shit at home. Uh, they drew with Newcastle at home. They drew with Watford, I think. Um, I know not, they haven't played them yet, sorry. Um, but, you know, these are the kind of teams where... Sorry, they went to Burnley, not, not Watford, sorry. Yeah, they played Burnley and lost to Burnley. That's when Seamus Coleman got sent off, now I remember. They went to Brighton and lost. These are the kind of sides mate, that they've lost to this season where they had to pick up points. Because this Christmas run, they would have known about this Christmas run, of course. And Michael Silver must have thought, well, I need 27 points here, 26 points on the board to go, if you take six out of these, that's fine. But now, mate, I can't. He has to go out and try and win three games. Yeah. Four games over Christmas. And I, I can't see where he's going to win them, to be honest. No, he. he it, <sighs> Silva's got his work cut out for him. Like, And to be fair, credit goes to, to their draw against uh, Spurs. But. Um, the rest of their season, like I said, they they drew their first game against Palace, and then it was yep. 
you know, a, a win, a loss, a loss, you know, they, they're struggling big time. Um, and they, they, they've got decent players as well. Like, so you never know. January could be rolling around and they could be losing a couple of players. Because uh, a player like Richarlison and, and Dina, and they're not going to want to hang around for all that. Mm. Will Michael Silva be their manager in January? Who else are they? Who else is going to walk in there? I don't know. Um, mm. um, Rafa, like that. Rafa be taking that job. I eh? <laughs> he's got plenty of connections in the city. Like his family still uh, live on the Whittle. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Rafa to Everton. Uh, I know a lot of Blues mates who will take him. I know yeah, a lot more of than likely. You know, you'll go, we'll have him because you'll get them defensively organised, which is something that they not are. Um, yeah. could you, can you see Marco go uh, leaving? Um, maybe Rafa, Eddie Howe, maybe? Yeah, I'd, I'd, well, I don't see him leaving. If, if he's going, he's getting the sack. And the, yeah, that very much depends on, on the next uh, the next two big games. Like you said, they're they're... Uh, rele- relegation battles, so hmm. but uh, yeah, massive. Yeah, you with with that huge injury as well to Gomez, that's um, couldn't have come at a worse time for them. They've got two players in that position now because yeah, Gabamon got injured, the new sign, and he, he's out for like five months. They have Tom Davis and Fabian Delph, and I like both of them, but then you've got to say to them, by the way, you're playing every three days for the next six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, and I know Delph. I know you've had injury problems your whole career, and you can talk and probably train about for twenty minutes a week, maybe. Um, by the way, you're playing every three games because we've got no one else, and that's the issue that we've got right now. And yeah. the worst part is, the thing is, right, mate. If you're shit, be organised. If you're shit, yeah. be organised. Just don't don't concede many goals. It's okay losing football matches. Just don't concede. That's another team I want to speak about in a second, which is United. But you've got to be organised. Now, I, I don't see... I genuinely think if Southampton beat the... Mate, they, oh, I can't. Oh, oh my Christmas has come once. I'd sacrifice the Premier League if they got relegated. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking hell, hi. But, I mean, you know, just that one time, please. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, they are banging trouble. And they need goals and they need them quick. Um, but we'll move on. I want to know. I want to ask you a question, Jay. Who's worse, United or Spurs? Oh, I mean, you must have. My head, come on. My head says United. Um, heart probably Spurs. The reason I'm saying this is that I'm gonna. I watched both. I watched the Everton Spurs game, and that looked like two mid-table sides didn't want to lose the game. I'm at ten games in. Um, I want I'll come to Spurs first. I um, I think it's just become stale, and it? it's just become stale. Um, it reminds me of a manager who is not his ideas are not coming across anymore. I think the t- the squad needs to be revitalised with four or five brand new signings. That's what top teams do. I know they brought in Ndombele. Not enough. Um. What do you think of Spurs, mate? I think they're a team that just needs like, a good kick up their ass and maybe some new fresh ideas and a couple of new players. Yeah, um, probably get rid of uh, the dead weight too. Um, Christian Eriksen, obviously, once away. Um, yeah. Harry Kane, if you, if you listen to Roy Keane, Harry Kane's going to United. <laughs> Brilliant, aren't it? Just go and get him. What are you all looking at? Just sign him. Just sign him. I mean, do it. Just sign him. Like, what are you all looking at? Like, what's it? Like, but I... We'll get to it. I'm going to come on pundits and things like that at the end of a bit of VAR. I want to get onto that. So, but um, yeah, I mean, he's put his pots there by January. It'll cost him 35 million, I think, to sack him. Well, we know Daniel money. Levy, mate. Daniel Levy, fella, right? Doesn't matter. This is a very British saying for you, American listeners. He is a tight ass, which means <laughs> he, does, he does not like to spend money at the best of times. Like, I, I've got a feeling he calls agents at, like, 3am when he's signing players. I want an extra £150 on him. They're like, fuck, he's worth £28 million. You know, <laughs> you know with the extra £150? What are you talking about? Um, but it's going to cost him £35 million to get rid of him, do you think, to pay out his contract and things? 
Um, well, with that fancy new stadium, they'll they'll recoup that money, no problem. But they need the Champions League football to do that. Uh, that's true. Um, so just so they got this is the option that he's at. Does he go? We stick with Poch. We hope for the best. If we get back in the Champions League, sound. If not, do you, do you take the cut now? Say on the next couple of games, you take the you fire him now. You get someone in to try and get you that big, uh, manager boost to get you in the top four. What would you do? Well, uh, Arsenal Fan TV are already talking about them signing Mourinho. So Mourinho won't be able to walk into that job. Um, you kind of run into the problem again. Like, who's available um, mm-hmm. to take over? Um, not only who's available, who wants it? You know, it's... Uh, I'm not going to say it's a poison chalice. They've got good players. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, they just, they're just... They're not playing for their manager, I think. Fair best squad in the league. In my opinion, third best squad in the league. Yeah, and, um, I think they got one of the best managers in the league. I just think again, they didn't freshen up. Um, I like to talk a lot about Ferguson United. I think they're the weirdest team in the world for the last twenty-five years. They were just weird and just got the job done in any way, no how. I know there's little jokes about Liverpool the moment being the new Ferguson United, and if he went half of what Ferguson won, I'm cool with that. But I mean, and the reason why I say this is that they would win the double. And then sign three players. So Consistently. I play, I play with the, the, I play 33 games, 34 games in the double season. They're out the door year after. Or they're on the bench. Yep. And you're like, wait there, what's happened there? Flying last year. You know, wait there, what's happened there? Um, I, the one that kind of sticks out to me when they've done it was he brought in Wayne Rooney in 04. He just signed Louis Sahar, I think it was a year before, 18 months before. And people forget that when Louis Sahar signed, he was excellent for the first eight months. Six to eight months, he was excellent. Yep. Excellent. Nistelui was still there at the time. I think Alan Smith was still there. And he brought in Rooney, and then Sahar couldn't get a game. And you were a little bit like, what, wait, what? <laughs> wait, the what? And then he kind of seen the, you know, the talent of Rooney. And it's that kind of tactical thing that he does. I don't, see that with Spurs where Spurs what Spurs could have done I understand they've been in horrific form I think they've lost 21 games this season or 20 games since the turn of the calendar years sorry um, what they could have done was sign two players signed maybe three players I know they signed in Dombele but that was just a re- they signed in Dombele to replace Dembele Dembele left to China in the January didn't he yeah but they didn't really build that squad where they had that chance do you remember on the last day where they could have signed the baller Yes. Imagine the bother in that side now. That's, uh, that's a scary thought right there. I mean, the is some of the goals I've seen him score this year in Italy this season are <laughs> unbelievable. I, I just think, I think they've missed the trick, mate. I really do. And, and I think they have a big, big question to ask on Kane. And he scored 30 goals every year, we know. The issue is with him, mate, he hasn't been fit for about two years. I'm talking flying, fit, strong, powerful, quick, off the mark. People say he's slow. Over five yards, Kane's quick. And he's strong. Uh, he's a powerful runner, mate, right? Uh, he's not that player anymore. He, mate, he, look, he needs the ball to his feet because he can't run. He's not fit. So you'd have a, you'd have a problem there with Kane as well, whether they want to do the cash-in on Kane or not. I think they've got, got massive issues, mate. But what do you think, anyway? Do you think they can get the top four this season? Top of the season, I didn't think. Uh, start of the season, I didn't think so. Um, but with everybody else throwing up on their shoes, y- yeah. you never know. Um, the ten points, sitting on the ten points off the top four. The uh, top four now. The ten points behind Chelsea, Spurs. Yeah. Do you think you can get it? That's a big ask for for a team like Spurs, who are who are so up and down. Um, you know. We're talking about Harry Kane. I think he's sitting on six goals for the season right now. Um, yeah. Deli Ali, just a, a player that looks out of sorts right now. A shadow. Um, yeah. So, so you never know. They could pick up form again in the second half of the season, but right now it doesn't doesn't really look like it, does it? I think if they do it, they got to beat Chelsea twice, um, and I think they've probably got to beat Leicester. They've probably got to beat Leicester twice. I don't know if they play Leicester. I don't think they have. They've got to play Leicester twice. And they've got to beat them twice as well. Um, to have any hope, to be honest. Um, 
speaking of hope, we can come on to a team with no hope, which is Manchester United. <laughs> uh, that mini revolution of the Ole at the wheel was very short-lived. Uh, very. After the, you know, their wonderful victory against Liverpool, the 1-1 victory. Uh, yeah. When they had two shots on target, one should have been disallowed. Uh, that victory. And then they had the wonderful victory against that mighty Norwich City who were playing the caretaker in goal and the tea lady was left back. <laughs> and then they went on to have a wonderful, a good winner, Chelsea and Carlin Cup. No danger. Rashford was the new Ronaldo for one night. Then they go to Bournemouth. It's pissing down with rain. The wind is blowing in. It's half 12 on a Saturday. Then they lose 1 0. Yeah, that's. I, I think <laughs> United's problem was they started off the season beating Chelsea 4 0 and they thought, oh, this is brilliant. Let's have this every week. And then they went on draw, draw, loss. I think they won another one. But uh, yeah, they're they're um, long may it rain because oh, it's brilliant. I'd, there's nothing better than waking up in the morning and watching United be half or one nil down at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> like to be fair, it's I, I think well you know again with United, it's one of those teams that they confuse a lot. They confuse me really. The reason why I say that is the team is extremely average. And they probably got about the ninth, eighth best squad in the league. And when I say that, is that probably only the goalkeeper, the right back, Pogba, Martial, and Rashford. I mean, by Wamba Saka, the right back. Four of them, really, that you would say. They're, they could definitely move on to other clubs. Maybe Harry Maguire. The rest, yeah. mate, you can't look and go. Fucking hell, they'd be banging on the door for them. Yeah. Like six clubs would be banging on the door. Apart from them five. The rest, mate, you'd be giving up, give or take. You'd be like, yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see if there's other options. Did you see United. Did you see Bournemouth's goal at the weekend there? Horrific. It's one of the worst pieces of defending I've ever seen. He, he's allowed to have four touches in the six-yard box, basically. To make, this is the, uh, You get taught this in school, right? Don't get too tight to the cipher because he'll turn you. What does Juan Pesaka do? Get right on his ass. He just turns him and scores. Yeah, and then you're like, what are you doing, kid? And I like Juan Bissaka. I actually think he's decent. He's you know he's nowhere near Trent level, but yeah. he's decent. And uh, for fifty million quid, not so sure, but um, they needed the right back. So that's what it's, that's what much it cost. And what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I that, feel I feel well, bad for him and him and Daniel James too because he, he's just a kid. <laughs> but uh, the the most the biggest attack on threat. It's a kid from Swansea. He's twenty-one, I think now, or twenty. He's a kid from Swansea. He should be learning on the mat, on the trade, basically. As we say, you know, we should be coming into games, out of games. We'll drop him this week, bring him back in for two, rest him this week, and that kind of stuff. He's not having that because he's their biggest attacking threat. Yeah, and that is a massive issue. We're talking about Manchester United, the AJ. Yeah, we're talking about a team in probably in the top three best goalies in the world. He'd get the most expensive centre back in the world. I think he got the most expensive right back in the world. Might be wrong. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. Probably the most expensive, if not the most expensive right back in the world. They've got a World Cup winner, eighty million pound midfielder when he's when he's fifth, of course. Yeah. We have Tony Martial, who's probably one of the quickest, talented players in the league on his day. Same yeah. with Marcus Rashford. Um. When Luke Shaw's fifth, he got one of the best fullbacks in the league when he's fifth. Their best, their most attacking fifth is a kid from Swansea, Jay. Well, what, what, what is going on at this football club? Uh, it's, it, there must be, I don't know, there, there, <laughs> there must be a City fan in there somewhere just uh, playing the strings and, and I don't know, they're, they're not, like you said, back in the day, they just had a, a rotation of, of squad members being brought into the team and it, I don't know, it's just gone. It's it's just gone. They've completely flip-flopped. Like, Fred for 50 million gives me hope of being a professional footballer at 34. Uh, <laughs> and Jesse Lingard, I mean, come oh, on. Word, mate. He wouldn't, honestly, mate, he wouldn't even be allowed in the stadium to watch it as a fan under Ferguson. He'd look and go, I don't want him in here. Fuck him I, off. I just cringe when I look at him, you know. I, I, and 
I, I say this to my, I've got a lot of United friends. Growing up in Ireland, everybody's either a United fan or a Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talk to them all the time. I said, look, for for my sake, just get a, just get better because it's like kicking a wounded animal when it's mm-hmm. down on the ground. I don't like that. <laughs> and fair enough, they they won one one against us. You know, that's their that's their season wrapped up now. But uh, I miss the days where we we challenged them and they challenged us and all the rest of it. It it just it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Listen, I would direct relegated to be honest, but you know we can hope. Well, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Well, let them get relegated and then they can start their their resurgence or whatever. Yeah, they can do the rebuild from there. I mean. I I just want to know when they're doing the new lottery so I can apply to be the manager. I can buy a ticket. Because I wouldn't mind five million a year. Mate, I tell you what, mate. I feel sorry for all of you know, because he looks like a lovely bloke. He really does. But being mate, being the nice guy's finished last and you have to be ruthless. I um I think that's one thing with Jurgen Club that other fans get Mm, kind of mixed up with. They think, oh, you know, he just hugs everyone and just says everyone's great. When actually, mate, he's pretty ruthless. You know, he was ruthless for Balotelli, he was ruthless for Benteke. He's coming in and no, you're shit, you're out. Joe yeah. Allen, if you like. I think it was Joe Allen, yeah, he's been, fuck your shit, you're out. So it's that kind of ruthlessness that I don't think all he's got, mate. I don't think he's going to be the manager by January. I think he's another one. So yeah. I've, I've been having a little sit down and think, listen to this, you might like this, okay? Fancy this. Okay. We're going to have Pochettino to United, Mourinho to Spurs, and we're going to have Wenger to Bayern Munich. Oh, you, like you, like you like that? That you would know, be great. Like that would be great, wouldn't it? I do miss Wenger. Like, uh... I miss Barson, you know. I want to know what kind of coat he wears. <laughs> over there. I just want to see him in like an all in one, like one of them gears that they wear at the beer keller. Get like him the big Kelly Hansen one. Yeah, man, I'm talking like I wanted to grow his tash in that a big mustache. I, I'm all for it. I want to see Wenger in Germany. Yeah, I, I think we could do wonders with that squad. I really do. I think Mourinho kind of suits Spurs more than anyone else. Um, yeah, I think he can galvanise the club. I think he'd, I think he'd love that challenge as well. I think he could have demand a lot of control as well off leaving to go there. Um, and Poch. Pot just makes sense at United. It just makes sense. And I know they don't really do, deal much in sense anymore, United. Um, they kind of, you know, when Ferguson left, he kind of took all the sense with him. Um, but if they don't do the Poch deal, mate, I don't, you know, maybe even Allegri, maybe. But I think the Poch one just makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um like you said, with Mourinho suiting uh, Spurs, you know, a big name that would to be able to walk in there and command a bit of respect. Uh, I think a person like Pochettino would command a wee bit more uh, respect as, as opposed to just fandom that, that Ole's got. You know, Ole's given yeah, the, yeah. the green light just because he's won the Champions League for United. Um, the they're running down a slippery slope. So half of me wants them to stay. <laughs> yes, um, stay forever. Yep. Um, because just for the, the pure memes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I think he, I think he's gone by Christmas, but we'll, um, we'll move on. Jamie, who's got the, maybe the two clubs with the best defensive record in the Premier League? Uh, Surely it's us and Leicester, no? Leicester's one, not Liverpool. One more guess you can have. Uh, well, I know it's not Chelsea or Arsenal. <laughs> um, definitely not. So it's got to be somebody below. Go ahead, tell me. Sheffield United. Ah, you are joking me. Eight both, goals. Both on eight. Liverpool on nine. Leicester and Sheffield United are on eight. Uh, wow. The reason I just want to have a little touch on Sheffield United, uh, which is the one that incests me again. I had them tip to go down this season. I thought he wouldn't have a chance, mate. And they are now eight points clear already of the relegation zone. Uh, we they don't, they don't score many goals. They're good at home. 
they give Liverpool nightmares at home. Uh, of course, we should have been out of sight by half-time, but that happens. But they give us a nightmare at home. Um, top 10 this season, maybe? They're looking at it in the face, aren't they? I mean, I guess it goes along with everybody else. You know, like I said, throwing up on their shoes. Um mm-hmm. Not being able to get over the line, teams like Arsenal, teams like United, and, and yeah. even Spurs and, and Crystal Palace to, to an extent. But um, that's, that just sums up the Premier League. You know, any team on any given day can get the result. But once you start getting momentum going, you can move up the table and, and, and stay up there at least till, till January, February time. Mm. So that's unbelievable, though they've they've only conceded eight goals. That's mental. Again, like I said before, if you're going to be a bit shit and you're not going to score many, be fucking tight, be organised. Yeah. Because you can nab games one nil, you can nab a game two nil, which what they did in the weekend to Burnley. Yeah. Uh, um, course, they could have got like one more maybe against Burnley. To be fair, I might be doing a minute bit of an injustice, but I mean, but you can nab games. So just be organised. Um, which he's got the mate. They've got the best defensive record in the league, up there with another team, Leicester. Um, is Brendan Rodgers the most underappreciated manager in football? I, I, obviously, him coming from from my neck of the woods. I, yeah. I always liked him. Um, until until it become a bit uncomfortable for him, uh, it became a bit more uncomfortable for me to defend him. Um, but uh, I think I think he probably bit off a little too too much with Liverpool. He'd probably say that as well. But um, I think he's found a great great team in Leicester, um, and he's really 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 kicked them on, really galvanised them this year. Um, so I I would say so. I mean, who else would be in the category of being so? Under, underwhelmingly appreciate it, you know. Eddie Howe, probably. Um, yeah. I think I, I have to include him. Um, well, I can't remember the, the Valencia manager's name. Oh, it slipped my mind. But he's... Oh, fucking hell. But um, he's one that I think he's underappreciated. Um, the reason why I say Brendan is that he, because he, ha- he says weird things in the media and he's like a bit of a... Uh, Michael Scott kind of office kind of character, Ricky Gervais yeah. kind of character, and we know what you know. That's fine. The, again, he gave me the, probably apart from last season the most exciting season supporting Liverpool. Absolutely. Um, now he goes to Celtic. Goes to old season undefeated. He wins two trebles, basically three trebles back to back. He wins two. He leaves at mid- midway through when he's got to do another one. Oh, but it's the but it's the Scottish league. Anyone can do that. So why hasn't anyone else done it then? That's a good what? point there. That's like Oh, but it's easy. So why is now everyone else done it? Because yeah. I remember Graham Sunes used to be a manager of Rangers, Gordon Strachan, Martin O'Neill. These kind of top managers have been in Scott. Why haven't they done it then? Why yep. why? So if if it's so fucking easy to do, no one else has done it. So I don't think he doesn't get the appreciation that he's got for that, in my opinion. And Rangers were in the league when he when he was doing these things as well. But Rangers were back where they were belong. Yeah, right. They were in the league. He used to go to the he used to go to the Ibrox and win five 0 and four. Yeah, he used to get the nerve to do that. <laughs> Imagine Liverpool going to go to some parts and win four 0 My head would explode. Yeah, explode. Like this is like you know, and let's get it right, mate. There's a there's you know. Top three, top four biggest derbies in the world. Celtic Rangers is one of the biggest games in the world. Absolutely. But whether they are at the, the, the same level of what they're performing in the 70s and 80s, I mean, or even the 90s with, you know, players like Gascoigne and Larson and Chris Sutton and, you know, Bobo Balde and people like that. Top, top level professionals. But he, this is still Celtic versus Rangers and he's going down there, whacking them. I, I just don't, I just, it, it frustrates me because, again, Liverpool fans as well frustrate me. With Brendan, because they go, well, he's got lucky because of Suarez. Well, no, it wasn't, was it? Because, <laughs> you know, the Suarez playing goal as well. He played yeah. centre-half. <laughs> he brought he brought Colo Torre on a free, mate. A 33, and everyone was like, what is this fucking pudding? Colo Torre's probably our best centre-back that season. He really was. You know what I mean? It's like little strokes of genius like that. He brought he actually, he actually is the one who signed Bobby and 
Milner, okay, Yerina hasn't really got a lot of time to work with him because he got sacked early on. And that's fine. I agree with what you're saying, Jay. It probably was a bit too much. You know, we probably bit off a bit too much there. But again, that's when at the time when FSG were making mistakes. A lot of mistakes. That was at the time when this so-called transfer committee were making horrific mistakes. This is when FSG were learning on the job of being Premier League owners because they'd never owned a club before. And he just kind of got the brunt of it. I think he's just really underappreciated. And he's shown right now, let me how much of a good manager he actually is. I remember when he was the manager of Swansea, and Swansea were playing the most attractive football in the world with, with Michu and, and I forget who else they had in their squad at the time, but playing unbelievable like football. Flair and people like that. Yeah. yeah. Leon Britton and Joe Allen and yeah. yeah. And, you know, it can't be luck. Um, He's obviously acquired a, a decent enough setup at Leicester. You know, they, they've got an established goalkeeper. They've got an established goal scorer. Um, but he, he really has galvanised them. Like, he's um, he he's a good man-manager. Um, yeah. You know, you watch that programme, uh, being Liverpool, um, the terrible <laughs> the terrible programme. The less of the ball, the better. <laughs> it, it gave you, I absolutely. It gave you a little insight. At, like he doesn't take, uh, he doesn't suffer fools gladly either. Like no, he, um, no. he had that one little bit with Sterling where he, he yeah. told him he was going to send him home, and like it, it just shows you the level of the man. Like he will, he'll, he'll be the type of manager that'll put a put a, a out of form player under his arm, but at the same time you don't want to cross him, you know. So he <laughs> he's uh, he does strike me as a, a an excellent man manager but um a real good tactician too you know he, he's yeah, he's really yeah. got Leicester singing I think I think his tactician I think that's the key I think it's really underrated about how good of a manager he actually is again he walked into Liverpool mate, as a young man and said to Stephen Gerrard you can't run anymore <laughs> we don't want you to run anymore I know you've been leading this team for 16 years or whatever it was but you can't run you just sit back there for me and I'll, I'll sign Henderson or I'll bring sorry, Henderson around you and he'll just do your running for you because you can't. And he, he's went to, he, he pulled the 17 year old Raheem Sterling and went, Yeah, you've got to play. You know, he had to do a bit of, you know, kicking and scratching. I didn't like all the signings. You know, Argo Aspas, Luis Alberto. We both went on to have great careers, by the way, in yeah. Italy and uh, Spain. Alisa Soho, shite. Um, you know, I didn't like all the signings. I thought Joe Allen was a shrewd signing, actually, and Joe Allen was okay for Liverpool. Um, yep. You know, but again, he's starting to get the appreciation what he deserves. And you know what, mate? Any other season, apart from these two teams, they'll probably be looking at to be top of the league or second in the league. They've got, yeah, they've got a great form. Seven, seven, two and two, I think it is. That's a great start for any team. Like, yep. if, he, if he averages that towards the end of the season, he would have lost about five or six games. Now, usually, in any other season, apart from the City Liverpool sides, that'll probably not maybe not win you the league, but it'll be banged up there in yeah. a title challenge if he, if he averages that. So, you know, we start to get, anyway, you know, good players indeed. You know, I think it's my favourite player, probably outside the top six at the moment. Um, Jamie Vardy, he's finally got Jamie Vardy finding goals again. He's got him fit and firing again. I think Vardy's on a 10 now, is he, for the season? Um, Their goal difference is three better than ours. Exactly. Um, you know, he's got Sionchu. Souls had him acquired for 85 million with a ready made centre half. Look at that United. If you get rid of a top player like Lukaku and you don't replace him, look what happens. Leicester <laughs> got rid of a top player like Harry Maguire and they had someone to replace him. Would you believe it? It's yep. funny football. Um, <laughs> but, you know, again, I, you know, I just wanted to come to touch on Brendan because I think I'm going to do a separate podcast. I'm going to get it set up where we're going to talk about that Brendan Rodgers time, really and that season, and the season before that, and kind of the signs he's going to do. Because I think it's a really interesting factor in Liverpool's recent history, to be honest. Um, how you can basically just say, one season, and you can fall into a title race. Really weird. But um, we'll move on, anyway. The Reds are great, City are great. Bit of a game on Sunday, we'll have a bit of a chat about that near at the time. Uh, bit of gank tomorrow, fella. Um, have you guys touched on gank yet? I... Don't believe we have because we'll of... We'll have a little uh, gab anyway, fucking hell. Yeah. We saw a little gab about Genk. Um, I think the only guarantee in play that's probably going to start to bottom it is Fabinho. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's had a little 
a week off, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, fair play to him, you know. Uh, he's answered. He's answered. He absolutely has. He's he's um, definitely one of the first three or four on the list, you know. Yeah, I am. I I think his team choice tomorrow could be anything from Harvey Elliott to the whole team. And I'm being serious, and I don't. I'm not really saying Harvey, of course, to get a start. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if you're going to see five or six changes here. Um. I see Joe Gomez playing right back for Trent. Um, yeah, I could live with that. I can even... He'll probably start Robbo. He'll probably start Van Dijk. He'll go with Lovren again. Fabinho. Chamberlain. Maybe Keita. He'll want to save Wijnaldum's legs, I think, for City. Because Wijnaldum's kind of been off the boil. So if we can get Wijnaldum a week off, I think he'll be made up. Mm-hmm. Um, a game with Henderson. Henderson's been woefully out of form the last two or three games. So, but Henderson will definitely start against City. There's no doubt. Um, he'll want his legs. Um, now the front three is the most interesting, mate. Can, I can I can see Divi getting a start. I just can't see before. Salah, maybe. Yeah, Salah. I, I heard that he had to have fluid drained out of his ankle, still mm. from the from the Chowdhury tackle. So. Um... Yeah, I think Div has to has to get the start uh, just for for Salah's uh, health. Yeah, I, we'll go with Div. We'll have Div in. We'll have Div on the left, Sadio on the right, and then Bobby down the middle. Uh, gank mate, um, I think it's very very simple for Liverpool. Go and get three points, and you're probably through. Yeah, and it's a home as well. So, you know, we yeah. we. Uh, We've always got the the twelfth man behind us at Anfield, and it'll be a great time for uh, for a good feeder club to showcase their talent. You know, <laughs> yeah, they've got people like uh, as um, Jürgen wonderfully reminded the Belgium reporter today when the reporter went, "Oh, we, you know, we've got great players here like De Bruyne and you know Koulibaly and and Didi," and then Jürgen turns around and goes, "Don't forget the Vakarigi." Champions League goal-scoring winner. Uh, lad, you know, I'm all for it, lads. You know, I'm the Divi's biggest fan. Um, but no, again, I think the pool this weekend. Uh, sorry, this week. I think if you get the, if the, if you win tomorrow, I can't, I just want to tell you right now, Jay. I can't wait to see Harvey Elliott starting against Leipzig on the last day. It's yeah. gonna be my fucking dream, you know. See that kid run the show again. What a player! But um, win tomorrow. Go and do the job early doors. I'd like to put to get a nice 2 0 lead, say going into the second half, and we can start basically getting our eye on today a little small game on Sunday. Yep, absolutely, mate. Um, it'll, it'll give us another chance to, to see some of the the players for Genk, you know, because, um, yeah. like, like we all have, have touched on, they, they, they make good players in Belgium, like exactly, mate. Yeah, um, you know. We'll see what happens there. Um, we'll touch on here, actually, fella, about the old couple of little wee controversies. JJ, we kind of touched on it before around the old VAR. Um, who looks after VAR, mate? Is it Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles? <laughs> either, either way you look at it, mate, they've uh, <laughs> they're in a blacked out room, aren't they? It, we, we talked about it before. They're in uh, Stansted or Heathrow or something. Yeah, on, on the next plane out if I find I don't know. Honestly, Jay, I, you know what, mate? I, I wasn't fully committed for it when you were talking about it. I wasn't all in. I was like, well, we'll give it a go. But 11 games in, mate, and it's clearly just not working, is it? How does it work in other countries? In and other it, countries, right? They, they kind of, they just overrule the ref. They go, no, you're wrong. They don't need, yeah. the, they don't need, they don't need the ref to go to a screen and go, have yeah, a look at that screen there, make a decision. No, they'll just go, oh, you're wrong there. And then you trust your ref. That's actually in the stand looking at the replays. They do have screens, the ref. If it's something that's really 50-50, they can't go with the ref decision. It's a bit like cricket in effect. You have umpires call. Well, uh, that's something for an American fan to... But, um, yeah, it's it's you know they just do it a bit different. But I know the French league is kind of having a couple of issues on the German league. I believe that I'm having a couple of issues with that I was reading. Um, let's get one thing straight, mate. Kiss Kamara. I don't know if you've seen the video. Um, 
I have, I. On goals on Sunday. So, for our American listeners, goals on Sunday um, is a show, funny enough, on a Sunday, um, where they recap the whole Premier League games and they go on a bit of analysis every Sunday morning. And there's a, um, a pundit, also an ex-footballer called Chris Kamara. Um, he was reviewing the Roberto Firmino offside goal against Aston Villa. Uh, and he's basically said, you've changed the lines. And he's talking you through the, the lines of VAR and things like that. You've bent the line and you've actively cheated. And we need to know why you've actively cheated because you would not overrule your ref. And he's kind of come out and he's kind of said it. And he's kind of, it's kind of carrying a bit of traction at the moment in England. Um, just want to fill in the fans there. So... What do you reckon, mate? He's on side, isn't he? I don't see how anybody can even debate this. It's it's mental for me. And we were watching it in the bar. And at, at this stage, you know, we were in up in arms. And you couldn't, I couldn't really hear what they were saying. But when I seen the line coming from his armpit... I was like, what the fuck is going on here? You can't score with your armpit. You can't score. You physically couldn't score with your armpit. I'd love to see somebody put one in the back of the net with their armpit. Mm -hmm. Legally, you can't score with your arm. Why is it even being discussed? But even regardless to all that, he's clearly an inch or two behind him. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Um... What, what, what? I don't see a way around it. I don't. I don't see any rational person saying no. The, he's offside there. He's behind him. He's behind him. That's it. Yeah. The the one thing I want to say about VAR is that at the moment, guys, um, again for our US listeners, a lot of the major pundits in the UK are starting to call this out, especially on the weekend. So, as you, you'll know, Jamie Carragher is, of course, guys. Jamie Carragher is one of the main pundits now in England. Um, he's come out and said, I was all for VAR. I was completely wrong. They're not using it correctly. I wish I'd just go away. He said this after the uh, Everton versus Spurs game on the weekend, when it took them around seven minutes just to fucking call a handball on it, which was clearly handball, by the way, and Everton should have got a penalty. Anyone yep. could see that. You don't need a four-minute wait to see that. The fucking ball, the hand is away from his body. It's just his hand. It's fucking handball. Um, it's kind of, now, what's happening right now is, guys, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, because these major pundits are starting to call it out and these major influences in the media are starting to call it out, it's starting to get a lot more of an eye on it. So it's starting to get a lot more, you know, the managers don't need to call it out because the pundits and the ex-players are already doing it for them. Um, I'll be amazed if it comes back next season. In its in its in its own capacity, what it's in right now, in its I current form, be... absolutely. I mean, hmm. I mean, what what needs to happen in order for it to work? It's incredible. Like, are we gonna have uh, have a gridiron uh, NFL type thing where every foot is painted on the pitch? Hmm. You know, in order to keep these bastards in line to say that, oh no, the, well, this is the line. The line's already drawn out for you on the pitch. That's the line, you know. Back in the days when the pitches were were always um, where the grass was cut in lines, you could kind of tell from the lines in the grass, yeah. you know. But a straight line's a straight line. That doesn't mean it's fucking parallel. You know what I mean? You can just put yeah. a line in. And when they started putting those lines in and started toying around with them, well, sure anybody could do that. Yeah. And was it Chris Kamara or Andy Gray who got the the, the piece and, of paper out? That was Chris. That was Chris. Yeah and uh, put it up against the screen, and you can see the angle. And the angle's not to do with perspective. Like, the angle versus the, the goal line, you can see the angle's off. You know what I mean? It's ah, if, if we're sitting in our armchairs and we're able to see it, how yes. the bloody hell can they not? Yeah, and um, I think the one thing that might happen is, is that you might, you might get uh, three calls a game, two calls a game, where the manager or the captain says we'll review it, like a review system. Um, well, the goal, if you think it was onside or offside, we'll review it, that kind of thing. I think that could happen. Um, I will say this one thing, though, I, and I'll just say it to, to play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did make the game and the win against Villa sweeter. Yeah, because you can sit down with Jürgen. It's, it's done Jürgen Klopp's team talk at our time. 
Yeah. No, no one wants you to fucking win this. You were on side. I've seen it myself. You're on. Yeah. No one wants you to fucking win this. So go out and prove it. It's the kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll have a little touch on this in a second, but when we nip this and we are on the board, but it's kind of what Pep Guardiola said on the weekend. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like he's done your team talk. I um, I think I don't think it'll come back in its current form. I think these pundits now are starting to real get onto with the ex-players, and eventually, mate, I think the heat's going to turn up on them. Um, but we'll move on, fella. A little quick one with old Pep Guardiola, old Baldy nuts has been out in again. <laughs> um, weird, isn't it? How your team finishes a match at quarter to five at four forty-five p.m. By four forty-seven p.m., you know what's exactly what's happened in the Liverpool game. Yeah. Really weird. But you don't really care about that, do you, fella? No, not at all. No, no, it's not it. on your own team. Because you <laughs> fucking pissed the bed because you looked at our time and went, fucking hell, we're down and so are Liverpool. We need Rent to win this free, one, Rent free, mate. Rent free. He's come out and said Sadio Mane um, likes to dive um, to win penalties. Um, it's weird, that, isn't it? When he has, you know, I think Raheem Sterling since the last two years has been booked four times for diving in the last two years. And I think Jesus has been booked twice. But yep. who am I, fella? Who am I? Um, what do you make of his comments, mate? I think it's a man grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, I think it's it, it's it's games that Klopp doesn't play. So, I, I, if anything, it's going to work in his own detriment, Peps, because mm. we are, we're living rent-free in his head and Klopp just laughs it off. Like, take a look at when the big... Uh, bust up between Mane and Salah happened. Klopp came out after the game and nope, it's all yeah, done and dusted. Yeah. You know, it, there's no skin off that man's nose. It, mm-hmm. It'll take something serious to rattle Klopp. Something serious like getting a VAR call wrong, like Bobby's. Um, you know, Klopp cares about things that are that he can handle, that he can do something about. <laughs> the man is absolutely delusional, Pep Guardiola. If uh, if he thinks he's going to rattle Klopp's cage, he's the coolest customer there is. I think also again, no, he's done. He's done the team talk. Thanks, Correct. I, I, yep. I don't need to do anything. Just go look up for the sign about you. They don't want you to win this. Liverpool, no. We'll probably you know we'll probably do a podcast there at the time. We're one game away from being in control, and we are in control technically. Yes. Well, listen, mates, they're six point, we're six points clear. They can beat us twice and then they're top of the league on goal difference. Yeah. So, it means nothing. If you go nine clear and you beat them, they're going to start looking at that Champions League going, and he's going to go, fuck me, I need this. I need this Champions League. If I want to make Manchester City a major club, we have to win the Champions League. And that's what makes you a major club. Um, but we'll probably get on to that a bit later. Uh, anything else, fella? Nice little gab. This has been, lad. You know, a little catch up and all. Ah, it's great. Else? I mean, like you know, you just you with the Saturday game as well. We'll we'll talk talk about Liverpool for a minute. Um, Come on, man. Why not? But uh, it's just mad. I, I, it's mad to win a game like that. And I, I didn't want to tempt fate, but. Uh, when we spoke about the Tottenham game and, and Liverpool coming from a losing position mm-hmm. 10 times to win, I didn't feel <laughs> like it was going to happen. At 70 minutes, I probably would have taken the draw. Um, but to win a game like that was even sweeter um, because not even the refs and VAR could stop us. It was just, it's lovely when uh, when we have little else to complain or argue about or to waste our time because the Reds are unbearably Beautifully, bastardly, great. We are dealing with the new Ferguson United. This is it. This is my whole childhood reliving, but now it's in my favour. Isn't it now mad? Jay, now it's benefiting me. <laughs> so long I've yearned for Manchester United to win a game playing well. And it used to happen about eight, 16, 17 times a season. And then the other times, Jay, they'll grind. Yeah. And they'll grind. And you were like, you haven't had a shot on target, but you've won 1 0. And you're like, <laughs> fuck off, you horrible, horrible bastards. But you know what, Jay? We're the horrible bastards now. Now it, yeah. it, we are. They, I, got, I was sitting on a plane on the way home for Villa because they put me on an earlier flight. 
Thank you very much, Virgin Atlantic. Big shout out there. Right? I la- the plane didn't even touch the ground. I was on my phone. And when I seen the results, yeah, I was like, oh, they can't wait to go on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> and the first tweet I seen, Jay, when I clicked on it, was that fucking Devil's Club again. And you know what, Jay? We're the fucking Devil's Club. <laughs> Not only that, Jay, we've got the best fucking manager in the world. We've got the best players in the world. There's no one better than Liverpool. And I tell you what, mate, Joe, for you little negative Nancys out there, you want to try and pick holes because Jordan Henderson's out of form. Oh, what if Robbo gets injured? All right, I'll, I'll put a negative spin on you, Jay. Jay, we conceded six goals in two games. But who cares? 5-5 five, five against Arsenal was the best fun I've had watching a football match in a fucking long time. I didn't give a fuck about the game. I didn't give a fuck. But I tell you what, mate, when Curtis Jones hit that winning penalty, I would have gave up the Premier League to win that trophy for that lad. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I, I t- mate, who cares? This team we are dealing with are, are another level to me. They are another level. And i tell you why they're another level as well. We don't have to play well to win matches. City usually have to play well. They got bang lucky on the weekend. They didn't play well and got lucky. Right? It's the first time in months it's happened for City. When they usually don't play well, they do not win games. Yeah. Apart from the weekend. There's one game that matters this whole season. We can look at Everton in the derby. It's, it's, for me, it's the biggest game of the season. United, massive games. There's one game that matters this season. That's the Liverpool are home to City. And the reason why the away leg doesn't matter because Liverpool could be 16 points clear by the time we play them. It doesn't matter. If you go nine clear and then you've got 10 games over Christmas, Liverpool will be more than nine clear by the time we go beat, play City, mate. I am telling you, Jay. Yeah. They will drop over Christmas. They will drop. I know they will. They have proven time and time again they can get beat by teams outside the top six. Liverpool have not. They've lost to Wolves at home, Jay. Wolves at home? <laughs> they didn't score, Jay. Yeah. They went to Norwich and conceded three. Three? Three goals? Who does Norwich? that? Who does that? Jay, three goals against Norwich? And we have the nerve and the audacity to question whether Jordan Henderson starts a game of football for Liverpool Football Club. The only thing I'm moaning about is why the fuck is James Milner rated 81 on Twitter? Sorry, on FIFA? Should be about 89-90. What a man he is. Lad, Jay, we're the greatest team in the world. Who's I think the only him? reason why anybody can, can be negative is because we've forgotten how to be negative. <laughs> mate, I, I, mate, these are the greatest days. This is what I've yearned for. I've seen shite, Jay. I used to go, I've, I've been home, I've been, I used to live at home, I used to have the season ticket and all that, and I've seen shite. And I'm talking, what, like, do you know sometimes when you stand in a stand, right, you watch a game of footy, Jay, and you look and go, I'm better than him. I've been to a few games against, watching Liverpool, and I've looked and went, I could get a game today. Easily. If, if I have my boots, I could get on here. I could do 15. And I could fucking spring passes like Javi Alonso in this side. And just put me in the centre circle and I'll, I'll spray them for you. Fucking Yan Moby. Mate, I swear <laughs> to God. I might have a bigger gut than Yan Moby, actually. But that's what <laughs> you know, I might have a razor rudder gut. But um, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. And listen, everyone, this is what Liverpool Football Club needs right now, guys. We need everyone to stick together. This is all that matters. We shouldn't be breaking away whether Navi Kite is good enough. You should sell him. That's a funny one. That's... Henderson. Oh my God, he's shit. He's out of form. What happens if this happens? It doesn't matter. We need all to stick together for the next 20 odd games, whatever's left in the season, right? And Liverpool will win the Premier League if we stick together. That's it. 30 years of waiting. This is it. Too Wait, fucking the... right, mate. Jay, where's the Champions League final this season? Oh, oh boys. Ah! In the Atatürk <laughs> Stadium. If you think in a 15-year anniversary, Liverpool are not going to go the Atatürk and win the Champions League, you're fucking deluded. Uh, we have, it's we have written. It's fucking we're, written. We're, the fucking, we're not only the best team in England, 
but the best team in Europe. I mean, people laugh. Mbappe 2020. There's your sales pitch, Mbappe. We've fucking won the Champions League the last twice, mate. And we've been to the last three finals, fella. We just won the fucking Premier League. We're the Club World Cup champions. We're the League Cup champions. We just be fucking Everton in the final, starting Harvey Elliott. We fucking just going to be in the FA Cup. We're going to win the fucking law. Jane, who's best in Liverpool? No one's best in Liverpool, mate. None. No one. And you know what, mate? Bring them all up. Bring them fucking all up. City, you come along. Bring your bulletproof fucking coach, mate, because it's going to get bricked this time, fella. You <laughs> fucking side the Copperbergs, mate. Wait till what happens when we get the fucking bricks out at you. Because if you want to fucking see a fortress, if you want it to be horrible, you want it to be fucking fugal in that stadium on Sunday, mate, you're going to fucking hear it. And you're going to see it. And I promise you right now, mate, Jay, Liverpool are leaving with three points, fella. I'll Come see on, lad. See you later. Good lad. Up the Reds.